your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. I'm Josh Hyman. We've got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the Olympics or the lack thereof. Uh, the league has suspended the Olympics uh, for the foreseeable future, so it's not great for the players. Josh and I know uh, that a lot of them were very excited to go overseas and play for their country. We're also going to be talking about the Winter Classic. We're going to be talking about uh, more COVID protocol, and uh, apparently there's some talk about potential for a taxi squad moving forward. But we're going to break that all down. But first, I want to thank you guys once again for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, if you're sipping on us with your cup of cu- cup of coffee on your morning commute to work, maybe while you're opening presents in that holiday season, that'd be kind of cool. Have us on in the background, whatever it might be. Uh, we thank you guys dearly for that. I'm Josh, hopping right into it. Uh, the Olympics are not happening. It sucks for everyone around. I feel like it's always an electric time of year, but especially for the players. Uh, I know a couple of players have spoken out and said it really sucks for them. Specifically, uh, Steven Stamco said he's probably never going to get to play in another one. So uh, what are your thoughts? And obviously, Doug Armstrong had a huge part in this, too, because he's the head man in charge when it comes to the Team Canada. So uh, what are your initial thoughts uh, hearing the news and how it affects, I guess, specifically Doug Armstrong? Because we really could have seen um, his creation of a team, and it sounded like a lot of people were – thinking he was going to put Tom Wilson on his team, which I feel like would would have created a bunch of waves. But uh, the guy's been having a fantastic season so far, too. So just kind of throwing all of those ideas at you right off the jump. How did you, how did you think Doug Armstrong's team was going to look? And how disappointed are you that the Olympics aren't going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is something that's kind of been brewing for a couple of weeks now. Um, even like when the season started, the Olympics weren't a 100% guarantee. Um you know, obviously no one could have foreseen the Omicron variant wreaking as much havoc as it did. So I don't think, I don't think anyone really foresaw, um, it falling apart as quickly as it did, but the, the worries were definitely there from the beginning of the season of like, you know, well, just in case, you know, we got these other plans in place. And then lately these past few weeks when things started getting really crazy, I think it pretty much was all but guaranteed that the Olympics weren't going to happen. And I'm super bummed, uh, as a fan, you know, it's something that I really missed, in last last winter olympics didn't have uh nhl players and that was you know a real bummer it's something that's really exciting to watch there's been so many iconic moments in the past crosby's golden goal tj sochi you know so many different events you can point to of just extremely memorable hockey events you know because then it's it's not oh who's your favorite team who's your favorite player stay on the cup this that it's just a time where you can sit down and watch the best hockey players in the world Play for their country, something that they take a heck of a lot of pride in. Um, unfortunately, yet another uh, uh, facet of hockey falling victim to COVID nineteen, uh, and that is the Olympics this year. Um, but the other end of that, you know, us as Blues fans, kind of selfish, selfishly, can say not only do we miss out on the Olympics, we missed out on our general manager uh, having the opportunity to sort of strut his stuff at an international level and construct a team, which you know. I figured was going to be top of the competition. It helps when you're team Canada, who's pretty much always going to be expected to be number one, number two, number three. 
um, in any given Olympics. But it would have been really exciting to see this team he put together. You know, a guy like Jordan Binnington uh, was getting his name tossed around to be the starting goalie. Uh, a guy like Ryan O'Reilly would have been able to represent his country. But then you look at other nations as well. I would have loved to see, I mean, I don't know how possible it was, but I would love to see, you know, Tarasenko and Buchnevich playing on a line together for Team Russia, uh, given how well they played for the Blues. There's a lot that um, the NHL was missing out on without going to the Olympics. But to answer your question with Doug Armstrong, I think it would have been a really good opportunity for him to sort of flex his muscles um, as not just a general manager for an NHL team, but the chance to get himself a gold medal, which I think that um, that uh, would have been a pretty good opportunity with the with the roster Canada would have been able to put together this year. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest takeaways for me with the Olympics is always the rivalry between uh, USA and Canada, right? And we see the same thing with World Juniors, which we're going to talk about later on in this podcast. But I I came across an interesting tweet the other day, and I want to share it with you, Josh. Um, I'm going to see who tagged me in this. Jake Lamp tagged me in this, so appreciate you uh, for spreading the knowledge, but uh, the tweet asks if the tide is turning in international hockey and notes the top scorers, the top like score, I guess not goal scorers, just top scores um, from 2016 to 2020 NHL drafts. So for the United States, it's Austin Matthews, Matthew Kachuk, Alex DeBrinkett, and Clayton Keller. Matthews has 384 points, Kachuk has 301, Alex DeBrinkett has 252, Clayton Keller has 215. Number one for Canada is Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he has 204. So the top four of the United States all have more than the top one of Canada. So do you, do you think there's a shift there, maybe a continental divide, a little bit of wordplay there, but because it feels like Canada has always ruled supreme when it comes to hockey, right? And, it, and as far as these stats show, when it comes to scoring, putting the puck in the back of the net and setting up goals so getting assists as well it seems like america's kind of edged them out in recent years yeah i I think there's definitely been uh i think it ties into the youth movement that we've seen in the nhl recently um i think hockey's gotten a little bit cooler lately as well i mean a guy that sticks out to me is is yeah (laughs) boom trevor zegris is the coolest guy around i got the the surfer flow the, the laid back attitude. I mean, his reaction to his um, lacrosse assist, he's just like, oh my God, did I really? It's just, it's fun to watch. Therefore, it's the play. You got, you got guys like uh, Trevor Zegers up there, Austin Matthews up there, you know, making their making way through to international media, not just, uh, you know, the hockey media that is pretty much only consumed by hockey fans. That Trevor Zegers goal was the first time I had some of my friends come up to me who didn't follow hockey. Be like, hey, did you see the you see the thing that the, that Ducks player did? That was a pretty cool goal. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know you knew what hockey was. So it's making waves and it's gonna be it's gonna be something that continues to have like a ripple effect on the league. Um the US has always been right there with Canada, but I think with hockey getting, like I said, a little bit cooler as of late. Um, especially for like, you know, some of the U S guys, uh, which maybe you'd say argue start started with Austin Matthews, um, when he sort of took the league by storm, not just with his play, but with his style and his personality and all that, uh, it, it just makes hockey all that more, all that much more appealing. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. You know, you get, when, when it comes down to it, you're going to have these multi-sport athletes 
especially in the States who could play hockey, but they could also play lacrosse. They could play baseball. They could play football. They could play whatever. You know, a lot of times these guys have offers from multiple different sports and the more popular hockey is, the more you're going to get really talented athletes that continue to play it. Um, and J Tap says in chat, ESPN picking up the NHL is another huge part of it. Getting more eyes on the game. Um, but yeah, I think the the U.S. is definitely making a push, and it would have been really nice to see them uh, perform in the Olympics. Um, but we still get to watch them in World Juniors, which is going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll throw that one over to you. We do get to watch them in World Juniors. We're we're big on international hockey here, if you can't tell, at Locked On Blue. So we're going to continue with that theme. Uh, but first, I'm going to tell you about guys about our friends over at Stat Hero because no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com/hockey and use the promo code hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com/hockey. Use promo code hockey for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash hockey. Promo code hockey. Terms and conditions apply. When we come back, World Juniors Classic started today. The Blues have a couple players in the tournament, and they're also already making waves, so don't go anywhere. All right, Josh, so... Some big names for the St. Louis Blues. Tanner Dickinson, Dylan Peterson for Team America have been selected uh, to the World Juniors. They are Blues prospects. They were selected in the third and fourth round of the 2020 draft in the same draft. And mind you, this this team that we're talking about here uh, has six first-round picks collectively, and both these guys were picked in late rounds. So just another example of Doug Armstrong's brilliance when it comes to draft day oh, and oh yeah, by the way, Jake neighbors made his team as well has the a on his Jersey and had an a on the night. He has an assist already. Tanner Dickinson scored as well. So what are you most excited about for world juniors? Is it the international aspect that we've been talking about? Is it the fact that it's just hockey that's currently going on when <laughs> the rest of the world is standing still? What are your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I think it's everything that you, that you sort of touched on there. It's, First of all, just I miss hockey right now, so having something that you can go watch is great. But Respect. it also it also gives an opportunity uh, to watch guys that you've really only seen grainy highlights of on Twitter. Um, you know, the the junior hockey doesn't get the, the the love that it deserves. You got some really talented young guys uh, playing all across Canada and other places. Um, Dickinson, Neighbors, and Pearson, I believe, are all in one of those leagues. I don't quote me on that though; I might be wrong. Um, so there are three guys that I've been really excited about that just, you know, obviously we saw neighbors up with the blues, but other than that, it's been kind of hard to, to follow their seasons just because it, like I said, it doesn't get the the coverage that maybe it deserves. 
Um, so being able to watch these guys and, and see what they could do at an international level where they're really playing in some of the biggest hockey games of their life up until this point, um, it's a great opportunity to see, you know, what your favorite country uh, can go out and offer. But also, you know, if you're a Blues fan, you can watch guys like Tanner Dickinson, who was picked in the fourth round, who was all of a sudden looking like he might have been a big steal. Um, if he goes out and has a big World Juniors tournament, you know, that can be a huge motivation factor for him to close out the season strong and push for a roster spot next year for the Blues. Jake Neighbors with a leadership role for Team Canada, a team that is absolutely stacked. Having him get an A is huge. Um, it's going to do wonders for him, for his progression and his ability to lead, which I think he has shown, you know, when we talked to him on this show a year and a half ago, whenever that may have been, um, he showed that I think he was kind of wise beyond his years and having him be in a leadership position is going to be great. Um, but just all in all, uh, Peterson in the NCAA, I was, I was two for three. Um, yeah, it's just all about watching guys that you maybe don't give as much attention as they deserve, guys that could be making an impact on the big club, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, showcasing their skills uh, in front of the world at an international level. It's so exciting. You know, it's like I said, a lot of these guys are going to be playing the biggest games of their career up until this point, and I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see Connor Bedard, too. I mean, the dude is 16 years old playing World Juniors. Yeah, he's one of... Six, I believe, which includes Gretzky, Crosby, Lindros, Spezza, Jay Bo Meester. Jay Bo. So, I mean, that's pretty good company to be in for this guy who looks like, at, I mean, at the minute, he looks like a surefire first round pick, if not the first overall pick. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of fits in with all these guys that are first round picks, Owen Power, Kent Johnson, all these guys. So it's always exciting. And for me, it's it's huge, right? It's like watching these guys kind of it's like the beginning steps of fulfilling their dream because at at the end of the day you get drafted right but then you're also going to go play for your country and uh as as we know well as blues fans the world juniors is really um it plays a big part in your development and what coaches and other teams and other scouts think of you just look at joel hofer i mean dude had a lights out performance in world juniors and he and he's pretty much rode that performance all the way to uh, making his NHL debut. So uh, at at the end of the day, it can really make her, I don't think it can make or break you, but it can really boost your stock as a player. Trevor Zegers had the same performance in world junior. So uh, I, I think we're going to see someone really fully take the reins, uh, whether it be on Canada, USA or on a different team, but hopefully fingers crossed uh, that person is a blues prospect. Like you said. Yeah. It's so interesting to see like, a sport like hockey, it's so like worldwide, and there's just so much talent in so many leagues. You know, compared to like I'm a big basketball fan, but you know, basketball teams they're putting out five starters and they're maybe playing nine guys total all night. It's very limited in terms of like guys that you can see from year to year. You know, you're not seeing much change uh, in terms of like prospects and exciting players. You're not really seeing guys come out of nowhere and establish themselves as much in a lot of other sports just because it's not the talent pool isn't as you know wide as it is with something like hockey where you have four leagues in every country and you know professional leagues that rival American you know, like the KHL is you know I don't say it's close to the NHL but it's hard to find another sport where you got leagues as competitive other than the top American league like there is with hockey so something like the world juniors is a great opportunity for guys that have been flying under the radar to really establish themselves and say like, Hey, you know, I might be making a name for myself in the NHL sooner rather than later. 
We've seen it in the past. Like you said, Joel Hofer was kind of middling in the, just in the, in the middle of the blues uh, goalie depth. And then all of a sudden he has this spectacular world juniors propels himself to the third string position comes in for the blues and performs really, really well. You know, you could argue that if it weren't for his world juniors performance, maybe he wouldn't have been high as high up on the list for the St. Louis blues. when They were looking for a goalie to call up because uh, you got guys like Evan Fitzpatrick who were making a name for themselves. Um, Cole Malice as well. There's a lot of competition there. Um, so it's just an opportunity, like we've both been saying, for under-the-radar guys to come in and play for their country, make themselves proud, uh, and just, you know, prove themselves, prove why they deserve an NHL roster spot in the coming season. I feel like it's another opportunity uh, for yourself as a fan to be like, ha, I told you so, right? And one of those players that I'm hoping is going to turn out for me uh, is on Team America, Josh. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, is Matthew Coronado. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about him a lot. Yeah, back in the draft, he was really a guy that I was huge on. I think he brings a a fantastic scoring touch, one of the best in the draft. I was hoping the Blues would get him. Obviously, that didn't happen. but it's still an opportunity for like he got drafted, right? And he's going to be playing in this game. So every time he scores, I can be like, "Hey, you know what? Like, pin that one on my laurels. Maybe, I, maybe I nailed it, or maybe he comes out and just has an absolute stinker. Like, and I'll be the first one to admit, hey, might have missed that one. We'll lay up and shank it off the backboard. But it, that's what makes this sport so much fun. Is like you have like your initial fan base, right? And then you have like your country fan base, and then like your prospect fan base, and it's all these branches that kind of. I kind of branch off for you to like not only cover your team, but cover the people surrounding your team and the cover the people that are surrounding them. Like if you really want to, you could uh, do a full depth analysis on the line mates of Jake neighbors and the line mates of uh, who he plays with and where, like anywhere he plays. Right. So you could do a full depth analysis and be like, Oh, they're like hindering his development or they're actually boosting his development. And he's playing with more NHL caliber players, which will, in the long run, make him a, a, a smoother transition into the NHL uh, if and when he plays the full first season. But that's what it is, man. It's just it's it's going down the wormhole. It's going. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Once you go down there, you can't really go back. And I, I'm 100 percent down there, and that's why World Juniors is so much fun. And like I said, the young factor, and I think one of the biggest things um, with hockey, especially recently that you've talked about Josh and that I've talked about for sure too is these young guys aren't taking five six years to come up and make a play in the NHL anymore like they are they're coming right in and they're producing right away I mean Scott Perunovich and you look at the the St. Louis Thunderbirds you might as well call them that at this point because we've had so many guys go down with injuries and so many guys slotted in and step up Nico Mikula Dakota Joshua like that the list goes on and on of young guys just coming in and being like, yeah, I'm ready for it. This is what I was born to do. This is why I got drafted. This is why I want to play. Slot me in there and I'll give it my best shot. And there's other guys across the league, the rookies, Lucas Raymond, uh, Mo Sider. Like these guys are just taking the league by storm from day one. There is no layover gap anymore. So watching these world juniors, as much as you'd like to be like, oh yeah, like these guys are going to need some development. Like they're not NHL ready, which is like, I feel like Don Cherry was like the preacher to the choir of that stuff. But way back in the day, he was like, oh, I'll never make it in the NHL. He's small. Yeah, dude. He also scored 57 goals. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he knows what he's doing. So I think that's why we get so excited for it now. And that's why it's like we've been excited for it, right? But now I feel like it's an even 
added pressure and an added factor because as much as as much as there's talk about these guys are a ways away from playing in the NHL, I really don't think they are. Yeah, I think we've definitely seen a resurgence in the past few years of teams like the St. Louis Blues being more willing to give their young guys a chance. I think the Blues were definitely guilty of sort of sticking with that veteran presence um, and and not, you know, not giving their young guys a shot. We saw that with Jordan Cairo. And I think all of a sudden this year, we've seen them like, okay, wait, maybe these young guys can hang. Maybe they can uh, play good hockey and, and do things for us. And that's what the World Juniors is for. It gives you a good opportunity to look at these young guys that, you know, are hungry to make an impression on the NHL. And like I said, there's so much talent that's widespread. It's hard to crack an NHL roster. But a World Juniors performance is a great way to uh, to prove to your organization, your team, and the rest of the league as well, just why you deserve a spot in the NHL. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And... If you want to bet on the World Juniors, I don't know if Bet Online has odds running right now, but they should. So go do yourself a favor and check it out because Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available at Bet Online where the game starts. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Winter Classic because that is the hallowed game. Feels like that is the one game that's being protected right now. Shutting down the season is on the table. They've already paused the season. The Olympics are no longer happening. But the Winter Classic feels like it is gung-ho. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. So don't go anywhere. All right, Josh, so... We touched on it a little bit in yesterday's episode, but this team historically has had a pretty has handled the Minnesota Wild pretty easily, right? I mean, you could make the you could make the argument that it was maybe not so easy uh, when Jake Allen single handedly stood on his head and stole us the series against them in the playoffs. Uh, but kind of since that time, haven't really felt threatened by the Minnesota Wild, especially last season when they were ahead of us in the standings and they seemed like an absolute wagon. And we still, I mean, we were, we were a struggling team last season and we still, we still managed uh, to beat the brakes off of them. And I know Seth, if he's listening to this, will probably not appreciate that, but we'll also probably agree. So Josh, in your opinion, what things are you most excited for, for the winter classic? And what is your analysis of where these two teams stand and where they stand in regards to each other because I feel like like saying that historically the Blues have handled the Minnesota Wild should give them the confidence to be like oh it's just the Wild again like go out and take care of business and I feel like that kind of gives them an advantage in that regard and maybe the Wild kind of have that in the back of their heads and uh, they have that vendetta and so maybe they go out and play a little bit harder regardless I feel like we're going to see a very good game very close game Cam Talbot's playing absolutely out of his mind Jordan Bennington is a top 10 goalie but I don't know if these teams are on the same planet right now. And I think the planet that is more beneficial is the one that the Minnesota wild are on. So what, what's your kind of takeaway here, Josh laying on me? 
Yeah, I think the Blues and the Wild are two teams that are pretty similar uh, in terms of where they're at right now. The Wild were going through a rebuild, and the Blues, you know, were a more successful team, obviously winning a Stanley Cup. But that being said, they're both sort of at the same point. They're both, they both got a roster that's sort of half and half older guys that have done this before, that know what they're doing. Um, and, you know, you can rely on night in, night out. And then a couple younger guys that have taken the league by storm. Obviously, Dollar Bill Carrill, um lit the league on fire last season, uh, established himself as one of the best young guys in the NHL. Um, so yeah, two teams that have really always played themselves pretty competitively. The blues had the upper hand last year, but you know, this season, the wild, they're doing a really good job of proving why they're, they're sort of out of the rebuild and, and into their next phase of hockey, which is great. You know, Minnesota deserves a good hockey team. Um, that being said, you know, the pressure is going to be on them. They're hosting. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, put on a good show, which is going to start days before the game even happens with all the events that they're going to be throwing. Um, you know, the, the, the festivities and all that to get the hype around the game. So, um, for, there's a decent chance that for the Minnesota wild, this is the biggest game that they've played in a couple of seasons. Uh, you know, they've been out of the playoffs, you know, they haven't really had a lot of like huge do or die games. So in terms of pressure and eyes on them, this is a huge game for the Minnesota wild. That being said, you know, if the blues can come in and just kind of treat it as another day at the office, um, I think they're going to have, they're going to do a good job. You know, like you said, they play well against the, uh, the wild in the past. Um, and they play well in big games. I know they, they loved the winter classic that they played in St. Louis. So what's the difference, you know, between this one, I, I hope that we go out, we see a really competitive game. I don't think we've classic lately. I've heard of one that the Bruins are in. That was kind of blow up. Um, but most of the winter classics we've seen in the past few seasons been pretty competitive games and i'm expecting this one to be no different i'm kind of on the same page as you i feel like these teams are very similar right and the way that they're structured i feel like maybe minnesota's a little bit more offensively heavy than the blues i don't know honestly though i i honestly feel like minnesota actually has a better defense but they do have kirill kaprizov who's just absolutely been lighting it up but they also have ryan hartman who's leading the team in goals right now, which I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, but for the St. Louis Blues, you also have Ivan Barbashev to kind of combat that, where no one saw him coming, but he's third on the team in importance right now. So it's it's a matter of... And Is that true? Yeah, right? Yeah, Barbashev is third on the team <laughs> in points. The whole, the whole Russian line is one, two, three in, on the team in points. Oh, yeah, I guess because Kyrie's been out with injury. That would make sense. Yeah, and so uh, Minnesota also has Felino who's shooting at a 28% clip right now, which is just absurd. Joel Erickson-Eck has had a good season again for the second year in a row. He looks fantastic. Kevin Fiala's always doing his thing. Uh, Matt Dumba's having a great season. So it, it feels like things are clicking for them all at the right time, right? And these players that who necessarily, Zuccarello too, obviously, but who they didn't necessarily expect a lot from are all of a sudden some of the most dynamic forces on their team, especially Hartman. I mean, I just do just absolutely lighting it up for him. He's been red hot. So I feel like for the blues, you can kind of make the similar, similar cases for Robert Thomas. Although in St. Louis, I think we'll be the first ones to tell you that everyone kind of expected a season like this from him at some point, a little breakout to where he's one of the top point producers on the team. But if you look at his expectations league wide, especially in like fantasy hockey, he was owned in like, 0.5% of leagues and like people just weren't really sold on him. And I guess the injury history doesn't help, but when you look at the playmaking ability, it's all there. Um, so we're getting production from him. 
We're getting production from Jordan Cairo once again. Getting production from Nico Mikola, Tori Krug's returning to form. So I feel like all those things, obviously Vladimir Tarasenko leads the way uh, in his resurgent season. And Pavel Buchnevich, newly acquired, uh, looks red hot too. So I feel like these are two very balanced teams in terms of the way that they're constructed. I do think the Blues kind of have the edge offensively. I think I think Minnesota might have a better top line just because Kirill Kaprizov in the offensive zone is a nightmare. But when it comes to depth, the Blues got them beat. Defensively, I'll give the edge to... I'll probably give the edge to Minnesota. And then if we go goaltending, I'll probably give the edge to the Blues. So I, I really think it's a 50-50 shot here. As uh, Richard Clay points out in, in chat, the high for the first in Minnesota is forecasted at 9 degrees. So it is going to be a cold one for these guys. Um, I honestly feel worse for the, the coaches who got to sit on the bench and uh, suffer through that. I'm hoping we get a return of the beautiful uh, Letterman jackets that they were rocking last time, that wonderful funky hat that uh, Hitch was wearing. Um, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the style of these guys. Uh, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be a tough one. You know, you, you catch a pass in your hand sting. You block a shot off the shin, and you get that extra little sting from the cold. Oh, man, it's going to suck, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Blues fans uh, flooding those stands as well. So hopefully there'll be a lot of Winter Classic jerseys. Blues fans repping in Minnesota. Honestly, it doesn't matter how cold it is. Minnesota is a beautiful state. So it's your first time visiting. Have a great time. It's going to be right around New Year. So celebrate responsibly. But like I said, have a fantastic time. Those hours are going to run short and you're going to run out of time faster, much like we are today. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, thank you, Richard Clay, JTAP, everybody in the chat on YouTube for helping us uh, and talking to us. We always appreciate you guys. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at LockedOnBlues. You can follow me on Twitter at Twelcher15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues. <laughs>